Welcome back. This is Raising Financial Freedom, and I'm your host, Eric Yard. Recently, we ran into a couple of problems with our database, and a couple of sectors went down and went bad. We had to get a technician to come in and help us out. But that is life. It throws you a curveball, and you better learn how to pivot real fast. So we made a decision to upgrade our computer systems, and now things are working better than ever. But it did set us back, but we will definitely look to recoup later on. But for right now, everything is going smoothly. At the end of the day, it's all about the choices that you make. And if we didn't make the choice to move quickly and rectify our problem, we could have been down for a lot longer. But we made that choice. Now here at Raising Financial Freedom, we always talk about teaching your children about money at a very early age. But What age you choose to actually teach your child about money and finance is totally up to you as the parent. So at the end of the day, the age group that you're comfortable with is the one you should pick. My guest today, Charla McKinley, is a certified CPA for over 25 years. She homeschooled both her kids and then after that, her passion turned into teaching teens about money. And that's why she's here with us today to to let us know how it is and what it is to teach a teenager about financial literacy. Now, Charla has a website called Beyond Personal Finance that teaches teens specifically about finance and money. She definitely has a lot of good information locked up in her. So let's get into it in 10, Come on, Dad, stop playing around and play the music. Sheesh, tough crowd. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all financially? Do well-off parents simply hand their children money? Or is there more to this wealth thing? Welcome to Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. We are here to talk about everything you never knew to teach your children when it comes to starting their financial future. The principles behind wealth and methods that are out there to teach your child about personal financial freedom. There is no real trick to earning other than learning. We are here to discuss, teach, and grow with you. Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast, with your host and concerned parent, Eric Yard. Let us get right into today's show. The age group is teenagers, and the goal is to get them financially literate before they reach adulthood. Charla has more than enough experience working with teenagers to get them going. But before you do that as a parent, you must have a pulse on what's going on with your child today. When it comes to financial literacy, did they get enough? Did they get any? What is going on in this day and age? Yeah, sadly, our education system doesn't focus on personal finance. I think we could spend a long time just talking about why that is and the ramifications. But fortunately, I've even heard lately that there's this movement on TikTok where it's a passive income thing and they do these little passive income snippets. So I, I was very amused to hear some of my students, they lit up when I mentioned passive income and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> But I'm, I'm happy that they understand that. So I'm, I think that we, I think we're getting there. I think that we are, are, there's enough information out there and enough push towards it that kids are not completely naive to it. But I think that 
the problem that our teenagers have, certainly speaking from experience, I had a 19-year-old son who taught me the hard way a lot of these lessons, is it's not so much he understood how important it was to save money or use coupons or be frugal. He understood those things. But what he was pushing back on is he's, mom, why would I need a $5,000 car? I'm going to be rich. <laughs> and so, you know, he just, my lessons about saving money and being frugal fell on deaf ears because he had the wrong side of the equation where he thought he would have plenty of money. And so saving money or using coupons was for poor people and he wasn't going to be poor. That's really where I think that we do a bad job of educating our teens is we use language. If you dream it, you can be it or all of these things where we really economically or, or financially the sky's the limit, but I think that we need to be a little bit more practical in helping them understand how to earn a dollar and, and how to make your money work for you. In ways, teaching teenagers can be much easier than the other age groups because you could teach more complicated financial education like insurance and taxes. Now, the downside is that you've waited until the child is a young adult, and now the child has been influenced by the environment, companies, even by their friends on matters of money. For Charla, I wonder how that road would be. <laughs> yeah. So, my and again, this is my son. I'm a CPA, and I have a degree in finance from the University of Texas, and I just really felt like I would live a life by example that would help him uh, avoid some of the financial mistakes that I made in my 20s. And my husband also right along with me. We weren't you talked to about money by our parents. And so we made some mistakes in our 20s. And I wanted my son to avoid that. So I lived a life, talked about coupons, talked about saving, didn't live extravagantly, all those things. And when it came time to, when I put those things in action by giving my son an allowance, he just wasn't making wise choices with his money. He was uh, spending for today and he just did not, he had no vision for his future and didn't understand the power of saving. So I took his love of games. He was in middle school. I took his love of games, game of life and married it with true financial principles, because I don't know if you've played the game of life in a while, but it is uh, wildly unrealistic. And I married those two together and created a 20-lesson journey for him and his friends, where I taught them, and I pretended like they were 22 years old. And then they went 20 lessons all the way to 42. And in that time, I had them choose a car and choose, obviously they would choose a career. And just like Game of Life, they got to choose if they were going to go to college or if they were going to start a career right away. And then they began to make choices for themselves and that by, and, and budgets. And so by making those choices and making those budgets, my son and his friends really began to understand what I meant about how important it was to make wise choices, whether it's the job you choose and does it, is it going to provide you with the income to pay for the lifestyle you dream of or 
if some of the things that you thought you wanted, some of the fancier cars or apartments or houses, you, they really understood the true cost of that relative to how much they were going to be earning. And that one class, I really didn't intend it to be any more than that, but it was so impactful and eye-opening to those six boys that the demand and, you know, <laughs> other opportunities has come up. And so that was in 2014, and I've been doing it ever since. My daughter, it's funny, I always say that if my daughter was born first, beyond personal finance wouldn't exist because my daughter is a natural saver. We actually have the opposite problem with her. Is I try to, I, I've got to force her to spend money. And so the lessons are completely different with her. And she, it's almost trying to teach her that money doesn't need to be hoarded, that money is a tool to provide you with a current life and a, a future life that you would like to have and enjoy. Money is meant to be used. And you know, that's just definitely not the lesson that I taught my son. And that's really, we do talk about it in, in my Beyond Personal Finance curriculum, but it is, um, yeah, you know, had she been first, <laughs> we'd have a different conversation today. My, my Beyond Personal Finance curriculum is written for teenagers. And the reason that I did that is because I am, I, I want to use real dollars and real choices. I, so often we tend to talk down to our kids and we are like, okay, pretend you have a lemonade stand. How much do you need for cups and water and sugar? And that's all great for younger kids, but teenagers need to see, I, I, in my curriculum, I have four real cars and, you know, I say, which one of these would you pick? And then I make, and then I have them look at their numbers and can they put a, can they pay cash or do they have to get a loan? And they, they calculate things. So that's why my curriculum is written for teenagers so that we can handle some deeper discussions on compound interest and insurance, um, deductible, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But my writing and the things that I put out um, to my followers is really geared to anyone on a parenting journey. And just like you, the earlier, I, I could not agree more, that the earlier you start teaching these lessons, not just about money, but just about adulting, the, the better it'll be because there's so many things to get them ready for. And so often we as parents wait till they almost look like adults to, to understand, oh, wow, they, they are going to be adults someday. And by then it's just too late. They're, they've got so many activities. They've got so much going on at school. They've got friends, so many other voices in their ears that you really got to start young in order to get them on that path of understanding their future and what will be mm -hmm. required. And there it is. Charla came up with specific lessons catered to the characteristics of for each child she has. Both her children are different in many ways, but she played into those characteristics in order to get her point across. Now, seeing the amount of lessons that Charla came up with for her son and her son friends, you could tell that she was truly motivated. But where would this motivation start and what kind of effect would it have on her? My mom did her best and she came from a, a, a rural town, a farming town and never had much money. And so 
moved to a larger city, met my father, and they really had a tumultuous relationship. I'm an only child, and my dad would often uh, be without a job, and my mom was the breadwinner as a secretary. You know, she didn't make much money, and my dad didn't provide. I remember talking to my dad and just going, why don't you get a job? And he was, his pride would not allow him. He was, we lived in Midland, Texas, and there was an oil industry there. And his pride would not allow him to just go work a retail job. And so he wanted, he wanted, he was a dreamer and he wanted those big dollars. And, and so our family suffered financially a lot. And I just remember financial independence was not something my mom taught with her words, but it was something that I knew she struggled with. And I I did not want that for myself. And I I really have set out to create a life where I was not put in that situation. So there it goes. Her motivation started at a very early age. So for her teen, she was well enough motivated to make sure that they did not go through that same situation she went through. So, so far, knowing your teenager's state of financial literacy situation, then knowing the characteristics of your teenagers is another good point. And having the motivation. What is your motivation for teaching your teenagers? Now, I know what you're saying, Eric. What tools did she use in order to teach her teenagers about money. She must be using some type of special program or some special type of project planner since she's also made her lessons into a business. Yeah, so that that first lesson was just a yellow legal sheet of paper and, and just really teaching a week at a time. And since that time, I, I learned so much from those students and my subsequent students that in 2019, I took it nationwide and sell this curriculum to um, families that want to be able to teach these lessons, real adult choices with real adult dollars to, to have that same impact to their kids or a small group of their own. And I've got videotaped me teaching to, to use that. And, and But I still teach it live. Now I do it on Zoom because of the, the pandemic. But I there's just, I've learned so much just seeing these financial principles through the eyes of my students um, and the questions that they ask. And when these light bulb moments come on, I remember I have them, it's, it's just like life. Uh, they first, they get a car, then they move into an apartment, then they buy a house. And so on that lesson where I taught them about buying a house, one of my students you know, they of course they're preparing their budget, and there's a utilities line. And one of my students raised her hand and said, "Hey, actually, we don't need utilities anymore because we have our we bought our own house." And I was like, "Huh? Okay, actually, the utilities don't come with the house." <laughs> and it's funny because that's nothing that I ever would have thought. But hearing their questions and understanding just their false assumptions really helped me develop this class to teach them where they're at so that they can, by the time they get to the end of my house buying lesson, <laughs> they their eyes are wide open uh, simply because of the down payment. They're like, 
I'm sorry, how much do I have to have? And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot. And we talk about how long it takes to save that twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars. And now they understand some of the things their parents and other wise people have been saying about how important it is to save money. Because now they go, Oh, I get it. And those light bulb moments are what makes all of my efforts as a small business owner worth it. What was the biggest challenge you had to overcome on this journey? I think the biggest challenge is that my competition is folks like Dave Ramsey and other big, big names that are out there teaching personal finance and just trying to convince families that I have a different way to teach personal finance that's far more interactive and personal than the other curriculum on the marketplace. Just trying to get them to trust in doing something different and just really trusting an an unknown person rather than somebody that they've already heard of or that has name recognition. Mm. Yeah, I understand. I I wouldn't look at it as, hmm, for me, I wouldn't look at it as competition. I would look at it just as Burger King to McDonald's and McDonald's to Wendy's. It's just a different type of teaching. And you have your own style of teaching, which a definite people will gravitate to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I like to say is I'm a you know big fan of Dave Ramsey. Certainly what he's got to say is, is sound financial principles, but he's more like a glass of water in the <laughs> desert where you really, he will show you how to get out of the trouble you're in. But our teenagers are in trouble. And so they don't see his wisdom as a life mm-hmm. thing. They just, it just sounds just another mm-hmm. old guy talking right. about money. And, and it's so when my students get done with this class, whether they do it at home with their own families or whether when they have a live class with me, when they're done with my 20 lessons, Dave Ramsey starts to make a lot more sense. Because they now go, oh, I see what right. he means. This is why he says to buy a five thousand dollar car or any of the other lessons. So it's really that mine is the first step in trying to show these teenagers just how easy it is to get into financial trouble. And once they see, rather than if I lecture them, then they go, yeah, but that won't happen mm-hmm. to me. But once that, once it happens to them, if ah, experience is the best teacher, it's just that the experience when I learned and wasted tens of thousands of dollars versus if they learn it when they're teenagers and it's fake money, then hopefully when it's real money, by the time they're in their 20s, they're a lot more wise. Wiser teenagers is what all parents would like. And as teenagers, like all teenagers do, they will have rebuttals. So what if they have a rebuttal saying, hey, mom, dad, I'm young. I have time. Don't worry about it. I have a lot of time to learn this. And this is the time that you have that talk to let them know that, hey, time is of the essence. And right now they are primed to take advantage of it. That's right. One of my main messages to my class and my students, and it's even more true the younger they are, is like time is the asset that you guys have more than the adult. Yes, you don't have very much money, 
But what you have that's more powerful than money is time and health. (laughs) And you guys can leverage if you would get off the couch and leverage your high energy and your free time and turn that into money and put that money away because your parents are basically financing your life. So you can put a lot of that money away and let it begin to grow so that it can work for you later in life. That is, that is an asset that we as adults, we know, but we can't go back in time to take action on. A lot of us learn it when we're in our thirties or forties. And by then the power of time is left. I'll tell you that much. But my son, again, when I certainly told him, he's a numbers guy and he always has been as a kid, he understood numbers and could do all that. So I showed him that compound interest calculation. And if you put 5,000 away at this age, blah, blah, blah. And he saw the numbers, but in his mind, he's just, yeah, but I'm going to have so much that even if I don't put any away now, I'll just put in double or triple that when I'm in my 20s. And it, again, showing him, hey, you actually won't have double right. or triple that because you'll have, you're not going to make as much as you think and everything's going to cost right. more than you. And that's why my class makes them do a budget for 20 years of their lives so they can see how it will pan out. And the good news is they can't argue with me because it's the choices that they made. It's, oh, you didn't have enough. My end, I end at retirement. They're 42. And I say, okay, you're halfway there. How much do you have? Here's how much you're going to need. Did you make it or not? And why not? And then we go through their choices because it's their choices that kept them from the goal. And so that is so powerful to help them understand how critical it is to save early. So, so far we went through the when, what, and how. But for some of you, you need to know exactly how to start. Well, Charla suggests that you use real world tools, which I also agree with. All right. Money is a tool and or an instrument. And you wouldn't just buy a book on how to play the piano. You wouldn't just lecture your kid on how to play the piano. You would put a piano in front of your kid and let them play. And in the beginning, it's going to be really bad. (laughs) And the same is true for money. So I would put money in the hands of the kids. Let them practice. Let them see how fast it goes, how long it takes to save for something. But so often we know to give an allowance, but we don't realize that if we are providing all the wants for our kids, then what do they have to spend money on? They won't understand. So what I would do is I would leave buying your kids' wants to them with an allowance. And you just on holidays and on their birthday and on school milestones, you can treat them to something special. But the rest of the time, don't buy them snacks or candy or toys or any of that other stuff. That, that let them figure out what they want, what's important to them, and let them practice spending money. Let them buy something that is a waste because let them waste 30, 40, 50 bucks. Because if you don't let them practice and learn the feeling of regret, then when they're, they're going to learn it when they're in their 20s. 
and it's going to you know, be a much more expensive lesson. So get money in the hands of the kids so that they can practice. And then also on the flip side of that, kids should also be doing chores and then they should be working. So the kids who do chores, I do not believe money and chores should be tied together because then if, if they're like my daughter, she's such a saver. She's like, oh, you know what? I don't need to clean the bathroom. I don't need the money. <laughs> and then you've got like a work strike. <laughs> so I would require, have them understand about working and get ready to work and have them have that self-confidence of doing a job well. And then just as soon as they can, have them earning money, whether it is things around the neighborhood, whether they dog walk or rake leaves or whatever, or then, of course, when they're teenagers, they need a real job with a real boss and a real schedule so that they can, you know, learn some adulting principles like how to manage all of those things, how to manage coworkers and a boss and a schedule and all that. And then, of course, they'll begin to see how hard it is to earn a dollar. It's a lot of work and for a little bit of money. And that will help them understand and be grateful for the money that they do have. What's the best piece of advice you could give the parents out there? I would say that we talked about we talked about time being short. And so that really, of course, would be my best piece of advice is just to understand how little time that, to teach and speak into their lives that we have and to take advantage of that time. But I guess secondary would be that we all learn through experience. And when we rescue our kids from these hard lessons, whether it's by providing them financially all that they want and so they don't have to learn how to save or they don't have to learn how to make choices about if I spend this, I won't have enough for that. Learning through experience is critical for our kids in these years. And so I would really have parents try to look for experiences, look for ways that their kids can experience adversity. I, I didn't wake my kids up. Once my kids were a certain age, I don't wake them up for school. And until I don't let them sleep right, in, because right. that would be a bonus, but I'll wake them up after they've missed the first 30 minutes. Right. And I'd say, hey, you got to go. We got 10 minutes. You got to leave. And they have to rush out of the house and they have to experience what it feels like to be late and walk into a situation rather than waking them up so that they're always on time. Because in college, no one's going to be there to wake them up. And when they're in their early 20s. So learning that now allows my son, he's not late to his classes, you know, because he, he learned how painful it is when you're late. So look for ways while they're young and you're right there to help them and guide them. Look for ways for them to experience adversity so that it's not so painful and scary and lonely when they're doing it in their early 20s. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. That's a good piece of advice right there. Always. Charla, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. Please let us know where the parents can reach you and possibly continue this conversation and what definitely sure. you have going on in the near future. Sure. So uh, my website is B as in beyond, P as in personal, F as in finance, 
bpfclass.com, bpfclass.com. And when you go to that website, uh, you'll see a pop-up that'll ask you to subscribe. And that's the best way to keep in contact with me. And um, each week, I will put out content on Wednesday mornings where I talk through how to teach gratitude, how uh, to change the language that you use to encourage them to save for the future. We talk about how to teach time and taking advantage of time and all those things. So bpfclass.com is my website and there you'll see the curriculum as well as be able to follow me. And then you'll see the upcoming classes. I usually have winter and spring semester where I teach and then I'll teach them uh, at the start of summer and then I'll teach at the start of fall. So right now as we're taping this, it's in December. So my winter classes are starting in first week of January and you can find all that information on bpfclass.com. As always, I want to thank Charla for coming on the show and sharing so much. One of the main points I've definitely taken out of this discussion with Charla is that as a parent, we need to take heed to which age we're going to start teaching our child about money. The earlier, then you have more time. If you choose closer to adulthood, then you have way less time. But then again, pick what is more suitable to you. If you feel they need to be at a more mature age, by all means, go right ahead. And if you want to start from a much younger age so it could be second nature to them, by all means, go ahead. But do what's best for you and your family. I would definitely tell you this. Do something. Don't miss the opportunity of changing your family from the foundation up when it comes to family wealth. As always, as we close out the year, I would like you to share with other parents. As you travel around and go meet other family members, let them know about the show. If they don't know about podcasts, take their phone, download our podcast player, and then subscribe to my show on their phone. But by all means, please share. Please stay tuned to next episode where we will have some major announcements, which will be right around just before Christmas, where we'll be sharing some very good things that we are changing to the show. So stay tuned. Until next time, stay safe during these holidays. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. Stay connected with us directly through RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. You can also join the discussion on social media, which you can also find links on our website. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through info at RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.